0: Something I picked up on this trip at this church we went to was a generosity liturgy. And I want us to just quickly do something that we haven't yet done in this church before. I've also never done a slideshow, so I don't know how to flick the slides. Um, yeah, tricky. There we go. So, I'm going to ask you guys, you can you can skim over it before we do it, but the rest of you that trust me, would you stand with me? Um. And just leave something out if you don't agree with it. Can we stand quickly together? I I just one of our pillars in this church is to be the most generous people in the world. And we went to this one church in New York where they had this generosity liturgy and they read it out every Sunday together. And so I just thought we should do an experiment and read it out today together. Yeah? So someone of the loud voice, you start. Generosity liturgy. Oh we Nice. Thirty-five, there is nothing I have. So think there's some, some things that we've lost in not having liturgies together. It's nice to pick up some things like that from time to time. Galatians 4, uh, verse 6. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. My friend there, Luke from Joburg, went to Bethel, um, for better or worse, and um, bought me a, a Bible, and I'm, I'm loving it. Thank you. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children god released the spirit of sonship daughterhood into our hearts moving us to cry out intimately my father you are my true father and as i start i just had such a sense the last two days of the father drawing us all into new levels of intimacy just like i had such a strong sense i think it was on the on thursday in the rain just up there again getting in touch again with the lord in the mountain and just the sense of the Father saying to me, I don't want your respect, I just want your intimacy. Just, I don't want you to, to, to keep me at sort of this, I'm this respectful, great person that you think is awesome. I want intimacy. I want to be close with you. I want to know you. I want to be drawn to you. Sure, we, he, he, He's worthy of our respect, but what He really wants and desires is intimacy with us. And so I really hope that everything I share today will birth that again in our hearts. And Another, just a quote from, from one of my favorite heroes in the faith, William Paul Young. He says, God's never disillusioned by you. God's never disillusioned by you. God never had any illusions about you in the first place. God's never disappointed in you. God has no expectations. Isn't that Yeah, He's never disappointed in us. He doesn't have expectations. Only one expectation He has is just intimacy. Just to connect with us, to have a relationship with us. He doesn't have any illusions about us. So I'm hoping to really together just in this little moment, I'm going to try and do this in 20 minutes, um, so just to birth some, some new intimacy and, 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 and for each one of us to receive a gift of single-mindedness this morning. So, I'm to talk about legacy. <clears throat> Legacy, as you'll see up there, my great slideshow. I know that's, again, we like to joke, but it's one of the reasons you guys come to this church because of the way that we present the words when we worship and our slides when we preach. It's one of our highlights here. It's, good font. it's great font. The chords are visible. We, and we move and someone gets a message. And it's, yeah. I'm just trying to be open. we that class that never prepared for the mandala. <laughs> so... Is that the right word, eh? It wasn't like, eh? Thank, you. Thank you. I've been to bloom so I picked up a few things. Um, it's something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. Um, other words, similar words could be birthright or heritage or inheritance. Anything handed down from the past is from an ancestor or predecessor. Something that is a result of events in the past. There's all these different dictionaries and I just pulled up the different sort of takes on it. Um, There we go. this picture, for me um, is a summary of my legacy, the one that I walk in from my parents um, this is my my dad in, a, in an unknown era next, on the right there, um, yeah at, uh, at Reed River in near Port Alfred um, who was getting baptized. I actually, I think I do know the guys now. I think it's, I think it's Mick, which my brother would know. It's a hero of ours. And I think what stands out to me about this picture is just this sense of, of the legacy, the heritage of just walking with people that you may never see again. That's why I say it, this unknown person who had this wonderful moment of baptism in the sea somewhere. But they were discipled towards Jesus in this moment. <clears throat> and uh, just really, I think the legacy of when I saw this picture, my dad recently found these and sent them to us. And um, they look really great because um, they're film shots. And uh, just the sense of like chasing after Jesus. No matter what the cost is, just really hit me. Just seeing this, and just seeing. Just I think this is in the early '80s, and just getting a sense of like year after year. Just time again, time and time again. Just choosing people and not things, and just choosing eternal things, things of eternal value, and not things of immediate value Mm -hmm. or sort of apparently immediate value. Um, Just walking with people, walking with each other, you know. And like I said earlier, just. One of the things that struck me was that a lot of the people in these pictures, my folks probably would never see again. You know, some of them, they're seeing again. Um, But there they are, just having this fab time on the beach. Um, Yeah, I see I doubled that picture. It's one of the things we like to do with our slides. (laughs) (laughs) Just doing what we're doing here today. Just doing it. Just gathering around Jesus and connecting with His presence and, and, and the, the legacy of that its really just been wonderful for me to to get in touch with as I've been looking at these pictures. Um, yeah, so like I said, these pictures are really what I come from, for better or worse. And um, For a lot of my life, I believe that it was for the worse that I come from this kind of a house, this legacy of parents who are on about Jesus and His kingdom more than anything else really. And... Um, often joke that if my dad was a lawyer he would have been very successful and then we would have inherited a law firm and he's not able to sell the church unfortunately so you know there's some costs that come very practical costs but mainly relational costs on the years of just always having people just always being around people because people are what matter most and people are what come first and so that's the kind of environment i was raised in and um it's taken the kindness and the mercy of jesus to to really bring me around to knowing it now is the most valuable thing i could have ever known but but it takes it takes us all as long as it takes us i guess we each have our way of saying no and saying yes and then saying no and saying yes and moving yeah anyone can relate to that kind of their walk with jesus of like i know exactly who you want me to be and i know where i come from and what, I've been, what I was born into, but I've said no to it a bit, and I'm saying yes to it, and then I go into chapters chapter saying no, 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 and then a small yes, but you know, it's been my story. Um, so this church that they started, it was, my parents were Methodists, and they um, eventually decided to leave the Methodist church, or were asked to leave, because they didn't want to baptize infants. And so they felt that it was time to leave. And they started this church that you're seeing here on the beach. And for the first sort of, I guess, 15, no, not 15, for the first five years, it was called Dave's Church because they hadn't, um, <laughs> his name's Dave. So they hadn't sort of got a brand or anything as cool as us. But they were Dave's Church. And it was just like a group. They were just meeting. It was Dave's Church. They weren't, they weren't Methodists. They were Dave's Church. And um, now they're called Fountain Vineyard Christian fellowship with these two men with, the, with grapes on their shoulders, walking, and this big sign. And it's a very 80s logo. And they had, they had these awesome t-shirts. I don't know if they're still around, but they had these awesome sort of t-shirts of the uh, uh, river, just like a very Tolkien scene. Like, if you, if you were on, you would have loved seeing this picture. It's like this Rivendell. No? Anyone else seen The Lord of the Rings? That kind of scene. Beautiful. With colors. And someone must have really... <laughs> one of those let's ask one of the artists in the church yeah and what stands out to me just about this legacy of just pursuit of Jesus is just it's, it's been very much um, for me it's just been it's happened to me, I didn't have this choice it just happened to me, this is where I was born this is where I was raised, but for my folks this is something that they've chosen to walk in chosen to bring their kids in, to chosen to to make our lives around. And uh, I felt like talking about a little bit about that today because we've also got our own pictures like this and I decided not to put any up because they're all in your hearts. And we've also been on the beach and baptized people in the freezing water. And uh, less people I think in the in the Western Cape because people are less keen basically to get baptized here, basically. Because of the ocean temp. In the Eastern Cape it's easier. But we've, 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 we've gathered and we've seen radical healings, physical healings in people's bodies as I was writing this, just remembering some of the radical stuff we've seen together. We've seen Jesus move powerfully in, in our community, in our own lives. We've seen emotional healings, like radical stuff, huge things that, you know, He's shifted us. We've seen provision, we've seen favor, we've seen God move when we've prayed. We've, you know, someone needed a job and there's just been like radical stuff. One of those guys has left us now because we just prayed. We probably actually should have Taken up raise back a click for Brad because he's just like going, you know. We kept praying like just more favour, more favour, and now he's like just doing massive developments in Europe and stuff, and we lost him to to that. But we should have just taken it a notch back and just Lord massive favour, and then to the border. <laughs> <laughs> so we miss him, but but we've been we've been we've seen God do some radical things, and I think. If anyone agrees, you, you can maybe indicate to me that as we've prayed and we've seen God do some wonderful things, our friends are here from Joburg this weekend, here are a prime example. Also, we should have prayed Western Cape Border. Cause he just started promoting Luke and, and Kyla and just promoting them, promoting them and then they went up to, to the real promotion. Big screen TV is the whole thing. Joburg. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, he doesn't own a TV. It's, uh, it's just a, a tease because he's in, he's in that scene. Um, I was just thinking, we've we we drank of the Lord's goodness together, His favour and His blessing It's like they were doing there in the eighties, and we, that's that's what we've gathered here together. This family of like encounter, we've, it's just been wonderful. It's been so much of that over the years, and it's like this morning we're doing it again. And just this, this His favour on us and His life on us, and most importantly, we've we've discipled and made disciples together. That's for me is is just it's that's it. That's 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 the bottom line, and um, so when we were on this trip, um, we got to to go to uh, a Vineyard Church in, in in a place called Anaheim, just just sort of outside of Los Angeles. And uh, my parents went there in 1989, and so they were doing this sort of Dave's Church chapter, and and they went to go and see what these guys were doing in in the Vineyard Church in, in the States, and. Um, because they had come out of the Methodist Church, they had never seen people worshipping as we know how to do it today, intimately, intimately and sort of encountering God, raising our hands, closing our eyes, just crying, encountering His presence. And so in 1989, they went to this church and just were like completely blown away. And we were, it was about two weeks ago, I was chatting to my mom on the phone, on the phone before we got there and she was telling me the story about 1989 and when she went and she was just crying, just watching these people encountering Jesus intimately for the first time. And so we went into the room and I just got completely whacked by just that legacy of that thing as well. Just just gratefulness for people that have gone before us to enable our encounters that we've all had and are having ongoingly. Just learning to know Jesus more intimately and imagine we were all just walking around without the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. And we were just reading the Bible and saying this is truth and it would be good truth but imagine without just the intimacy. The, the encounter that we get when we, when when we marry the the love for the truth with his presence, and like a understanding of knowing his presence. Imagine just people have gone before us and knocked things down that we just needed to be knocked down. I just it's such a a sense of gratitude over that. And so as they've journeyed and be, moved from being Dave Dave's church, you probably sang a few hymns from the hymn books that we have still got in our shelves at the holiday house, to. To and discovering intimacy with Jesus. And maybe the guy who had three chords has now got five and he plays better songs and it's shifted and it's moved. And there's, there's a sense of just growing and encountering God's presence that we are all sort of walking in the legacy of. just, And from wherever we've encountered it and received it, but we've received that from people that have gone before us. And and one specific person um, is this guy that's another fantastic pick, um, is this guy John Wimber, um, who started that church in uh, well was was right in the beginning of this of this thing called the vineyard movement in, in LA. And God used him powerfully. And we don't have audio, so I'm not gonna play it. Um, I do whole, should I do a whole do you guys wanna do a, should I do should I do, should I do, should I do our church vibe? Okay. Okay, our church vibe. Yeah I don't think I can and now you've messed it up Jamie because I, how do I go back, bro? Uh shucks man. No, there's no this thing is weird eh yeah so let's just start again there it's, it's a thing it's called Google Slides it's one of the things we use here as, uh, at this church software yeah present yeah okay present you see guys this is what I was hoping wouldn't happen interference I see the play. I see that top player and I can't get him I just can't get it you see? <laughs> you see? This is interference of the worst kind here. I've moved it off. off. You got this big ass, big one here. No, it, there's no connection for it. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, he's gone. So, uh, now nah, he's John gone. Wimbley. John Wimber. just leave it, really John wimber has gone now. I'll put it in the email, guys. Okay? Share the link. You see, this is what you guys do to me up here. Trying to mess with slides. Where's the link? I don't know. And now we have to watch the presentation like that. Thankfully, that's the last picture. Fantastic. You see, this is the problem with PowerPoints. Thankfully, we're joking around about it, but most people who are using PowerPoints have nothing good to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's a big summary but i heard someone say it's true did you say it was of it you it's so yeah it's dramatic yeah it was a bit dramatic but it's also true because most of the time they just stand and read off the thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so when we went uh to this church with the story of my mom's encounter in 1989 in mind. Um, I was just so stirred. I just stood there and I just looked around this, this room, this exact same room, it's been there for a long time now. It's a big room, seats like 3,000 odd people, there's a lot of people there. I just looked around there's a lot of people like in there, yeah, thanks for that AV emergency, AV <laughs> emergency text coming through. <laughs> this is your chance guys, send me something naughty. <laughs> Send me a naughty text. Um, yeah, so this could get, this could go on. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, it was thanks to the AV that it's going after my 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so we just walked in there and just looked around. A lot of people, sort of, a lot of older people. There's a real move of God happening in this church, and there's there's there's, there's a lot of young people now. But but. It was just wonderful to see the same people that would have been there in 1989 and were there with John Wimber, a lot of them over the years, just still pursuing intimacy with Jesus, just like going after Him with everything. And so this worship set was amazing and I just couldn't sing a word, I was just crying the whole time. And then they pulled out the last song of the worship set, they pulled out a John Wimber song from 1989, which is, Isn't He Beautiful? Do you guys remember it? Anyone know it? Luke, you want to sing it? And then, so there's a men and women's part, and it's a classic 80s vibe. Sort of, here's he? beautiful. beautiful. And then the girls go, so <laughs> beautiful. You're going, you're going. And the room just erupted, like you guys are doing now. Just <laughs> This sense of just his presence, because it was just like this connection with what God's been doing there over all these years. And like, one of the first rooms many of those people would have ever walked into where songs were not about God, but just to Him, with Him, in the moment, which we all kind of know now is quite normal. All our songs are just, isn't He beautiful, isn't He wonderful, what a, what a gift to be with you, right But they birthed something there that we're getting to enjoy and walk in. And I, just, I was just so taken by it. And, and uh, I'm just really grateful we got to go there. Um, and I, 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 just, I just felt like this morning sharing with you guys a couple of things that I think for us, some questions and some things that we need to be reflecting on um, about our own legacy now, because we, we've walked in. We walk We walked in some wonderful things because of what was done before us and what people have have just sort of allowed us to step onto. You know, and we always sort of talk about you know our our landing or our our platform is where people before us end. You know, the, our starting point is what what they was their was their high moment. You know, because. That was like moving away from just knowing God in a very rigid way to just intimately, emotionally connecting with God. They made that normal for us. And um, making of disciples and baptizing people on the beach and just taking it out away from this kind of formal traditional thing was a massive move that needed to happen and it happened before us. And there's another move that needs to happen out of our lives. And there's another thing that God wants us to do out, out of us. And I, I, I sense Him starting to, to really ask us that question of just like, what are the things that we are going to establish? And what are the things that we are going to build? And what are the things that are going to be people's platform? What are, what are going to be our high points? So, um, yeah, just one last story. We, we, we met this couple who um, started a little house church and, just exploding and it was like kind of they were in this Quaker church and very kind of traditional and formal they started a little group in, the, in their home after um, Sunday mornings and people just started to come and this is when they first really just start, started to discover worship and just a, a little thing that stands out was this lady Penny was just saying to us that you know, people were just connecting with God's presence powerfully and would just be closing their eyes and weeping and they weren't closing their eyes because it's what they knew to do. It was because they were so embarrassed that others were able to see what was going on in their hearts. It was at that stage, where it was like, you're not supposed to show an emotion, an emotion, in the, because we at church. And there was just like such a cool picture of like, okay, let's break through this, what we've known, that we need to now be before God and respect Him. because actually discovering that He wants to know us and to be in relationship with us. As I said at the beginning, He doesn't want our respect as much as He wants our intimacy. So what are we building? Where are we going to take risks? And um, what are the labors we're going to plow ourselves into? And what are the spoils of that going to be? Like we are all reaping these spoils right now. And, and to, to just give you a sense of like this whole week, this, this picture has been coming to me of just, of us moving away from being fruit pickers to being tree planters. Just shifting us from... Being um, people who, who have sort of an insight of like, oh, I just love to, to connect and just to pick the fruit that's available, God's presence and the things. But really, I want to plant trees. I want to plant an orchard. I want to be someone who's, who's on about going for something that's longer, that's bigger, that's more than my current need for God's presence, my current need for an encounter, my current need for a healing. What about if I started to pursue a healing or an encounter for the next generation, for things that come after me? Just going a bit larger. So, um, I want to read out of Luke 14, um, verse 7 to 11. Uh, I had it up for the next slide, but I'm not going to bother with slides now. I just want to get moving here. Um, when When Jesus noticed how the guests for the meal were all vying for the seats of honor, he shared the story with the guests around the table. So, everyone was sort of trying to get a seat close to the. To the right spot and he said you're invited you are invited to an important social function don't be quick to sit near the head of the table choosing the seat of honor what will happen when someone more distinguished than than you arrives the host will then bring him over to where you're sitting and ask you to move how embarrassing would that be i'm sorry pal you're just in the wrong seat and i actually don't have one for you awkward you're in the wrong place please give this person your seat disgraced You'll have to take whatever seat is left. Instead, when you're invited to a banquet, you should choose a seat at the lowest place. Go sit at the kiddies' table at the wedding. So that when your host comes around and says, Why are you at the kiddies' table? Come over. I've got you right next to me. um, In the seat of honor. And everyone will see that they came to fetch you from the kiddies' table and brought you to the seat of honor and then in verse 11 he says remember this everyone with a lofty opinion of who he is and who he seeks to raise himself up and he who seeks to raise himself up will be humbled before all and everyone with a modest opinion of who he is and chooses to humble himself will be raised up before all what a cool picture eh? just such a freeing thing for us to just shift our minds We're, everything we've been trying to elevate ourselves and to position ourselves he just says no don't just go in the opposite just completely flip it around and trust me just trust me. I will elevate you. I will raise you. I will, I, I will shift you. And yeah, I was just really taken by the story. And so I want to read just, um, so you know you guys really messed up my slides here. I've got a whole thing going with slides and multiple screens here. And it's just really a mess. Our, you know, as we've started, with intimacy is quite normal to us. That The, the high... Some, something of the high mark of many of the people that came before us and their legacy, the people who've pursued Jesus before us. As we've just started there, um, that, the, our, our, the next thing that we do is going to be where our kids step into and where the disciples that we're making step into. And that just is really exciting to me, just to get in touch with it. So I want to read another scripture quickly and then, and then pull it all together. Matthew 18-20, to Jesus says this, Jesus came to them and said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then verse 20, And teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. So they they say that um, to plant an orchard, uh, an orchard is five trees or more. You also get a grove, which is just a cluster of trees. I know quite a bit about this now. Um, and also the best place to plant an orchard is on a slope if that helps you um, keep the fruit trees out of the wind don't plant too high get the soil right there's some things to throw out there if you're thinking about shifting moving those lemon trees <coughs> yeah but imagine we started to set some goals and some things some dreams of the type of orchards, and where they're going to be, and what soil they're going to be in, and what slope they're going to be on, and what it's going to look like for the next generation. And we shifted the way we are seeing our day to day, to going, okay, so the advice says on a slope, out of the wind, in the right soil. Was the last one? You guys know? Yeah, soil. It's the first result that comes up on Google, how to plant an orchard. So you can go and get it. Imagine we shifted ourselves, and we started to think around Specifically, how's it going to look versus being a fruit picker who's just going, where can I pick, where can I just grab and and hold some things? What can I plant? What can I shift that's going to make something um, that has the weight that I so connect with from what I get to walk in now um, of just understanding intimacy and the making of disciples that I got from my folks. Um, I heard something wonderful the other day. History is in the head, destiny is in the heart. And just felt like God just really saying, um, what, is, what is it that's in our hearts to, to really give birth to? And to start to say, I'm going to be strategic about planting this stuff. And, um, and then I added something which is legacy is a commitment. Like that advert from that guy in India who plants all those trees. If you ever watch the game of rugby, it comes on in the middle. Um, the son is now carrying on what the father did and he's planting and at the end it says invest with us, whatever. But it's that kind of thinking of just saying the longevity, the legacy of planting stuff for others to enjoy the fruit of. Because I think it will shift the way that we get to enjoy our lives because they will be other, other-centered and other-focused. And that's what we've discovered in Jesus is that we've now become about Him, not about us. And so, part of that legacy, for us, part of that understanding, for us is to move from our own pursuit is to move on to what, are other, what can others drink of in Jesus that I am getting to walk in, and what more of do what more do I want to walk in for others? Yeah, is that making sense? So, a couple of those things that I just, that I felt was just his, it, it's got to be the legacy's got to be about his presence above everything else. His presence, just intimacy, His mm-hmm. presence, encountering Jesus at any cost, mm-hmm. all the time, at any cost. His presence above all mm-hmm. else, staying humble. So I read that first thing, just, just choosing the kiddies table. John Womba told this great, uh, had this love to tell the story of Jesus at the wedding at Cana, where no one else in the room knew that Jesus had done that miracle, besides the servants who poured the water. Mm-hmm. No one else ever knew and it was just them We got to know they were there at the kiddies table just serving just doing it just just choosing choosing the low road just choosing to be elevated when he chooses to elevate sometimes other times not just being willing to be behind and you know below around the corner but just being an intercessor holding a space for others to enter into and just to be elevated in so his presence choosing the kiddies table and making disciples he said, so I give you all authority in, on heaven, in heaven and on earth, the entire universe. And so all that authority that, I've, that is, is on me, and I will give on to you. Isn't that quite free? We don't have to have any authority. We don't wear any authority of our own. We, have, we only have Christ's authority. So I, I felt like just closing off with a bit of prayer um around this topic of us again saying thank you god that we get to wear your robe you know you don't you don't uh you don't sit next to the father in some in a garment of your own we sit next to the father in the garment of righteousness that jesus put on us and he, we need, we need to, to constantly be connecting with our place as sons and daughters, what it looks like to walk in authority that is not our own, but we have all of it. And so yeah the father is the really drawing and inviting us to to know him intimately again. I just, I'm just connecting this stuff for you. There, there's, a, there's a place where we know the father as dad. You know when we when we know the father as dad not as a respectful person who we call father or great one but as dad we know that our dad would do that for us we know that we get to have that authority we know we get to have those things we know we get to to move past sort of our would god let me do this because no my dad would let me do this he would be okay with this and surely my dad would want this for me And surely my dad would bless me in this way. And surely my dad would want me to see, to move in authority like he does. Or surely he'd let me use the car for the weekend. It shifts us and changes us. So, can we stand? Um, It's been a a minor, uh, Warren Buffett, of, of thoughts and things on legacy. And next week I'm really looking forward to just building a little bit on what for me this looks like personally just legacy in my own one that I'm the orchard I'm, I'm hoping to be planting um, with you guys let's just close our eyes for a moment and, and, and trust God that He's moving here and He wants to, to speak and just take another couple of minutes and, and just allow him to bless us thank you Holy Spirit You've planted us by a river, a river of life. That we've made each one of us a tree from which others can come and be blessed by. The shade of which others can come and sit under on a hot day. You, by, by, by the virtue of us knowing your presence and having encountered you in it, and having given you ourselves, you've set us up, you've established us with something to offer. <coughs> Yeah, and we together, just collectively, we just say, Jesus, we're going to be people who pursue your presence above all else. Above all else, just make us lovers of you, Jesus. We love your presence. Move amongst us this morning. We just say it again, Father. You are so welcome in our lives, in our homes, just in our vehicles, in our offices, in our cupboards. Jesus, just drench us more. We would just get surprised and whacked by your presence constantly. People would know us as the drunkards. Because you just encounter, ongoing encounter with your presence. Yeah, make us, make us the ones who have to have a good explanation for why we always seem a bit on. Just love your presence, man. Yeah, and I pray where we need to learn how to, to, to choose a new road, the low road that You would elevate us. Just do that swiftly in our hearts. It won't be a painful process, but just a swift thing. And I pray for everyone here that You'd begin to shift us into an orchard mindset, Father, into a planting mindset, into people discipling mindset. That there'd be people we begin to, to disciple that we haven't yet made that, that conscious decision to do it. And we begin to shift our mindset of ourselves And onto how can I build something in their lives, how can I build something larger than me? So I just speak fruit over each one of you right now, the specific, unique kind of fruit tree that you are. The specific kind of even some strawberry bushes I see in the room. Just thank you, Lord, that there's unique fruit here that you wanna you wanna just nourish out of our lives. We just dedicate ourselves again to you this morning. Would you would you make us a legacy people who who establish something for others to walk in? And I thank you that you're shifting our gaze. Yeah, in Jesus' name, we bless you all. Thank you so much for coming. If you'd like specific prayer, I will hang around and I'd love to pray a blessing of you. If not, feel free to go. And have a fantastic Sunday, Father.